0: Lorcan Allen is with me now. though He's a business editor with the Business Post. Uh, Lorcan, you're welcome uh, to studio. So the the reason we wanted to talk to you is because um, the global banking crisis, I'm not sure, maybe we're overstating the case if we describe it that way, but the problems that we've seen in recent days in banking, we've talked about on this show, we've talked about Silicon Valley Bank and Credit Suisse and Contagion has been mentioned and we all get worried about Contagion. Uh, but it strikes me that I don't really understand and, and I think I'm speaking for some listeners anyway, when I say they don't understand as well what exactly it is that's contagious. (laughs) What is the problem? What's the underlying issue? So is is it worthwhile maybe to go back to the beginning? Silicon Valley Bank, they're the bank that started this.
1: Yeah, I think you mentioned the word crisis there. I I wouldn't say we're in a full-blown banking crisis at this point, uh, but there's a lot of nervousness out there. And when you think about what is a bank, it is certainty that, you, you know, if I give my money to a bank that... I'm going to trust that that bank will look after my money. And there's been an erosion of certainty, I would say, over the last two weeks. And as you say, that started with Silicon Valley Bank, a very tech-focused bank. As we know, over the last two years, all the tech companies would have raised a huge amount of money. There was a lot of cash washing around. Tech was really hot. It was high valuations. So these tech companies raised funds. What did they do? They put it into Silicon Valley Bank. So that bank's deposits soared up to about $190 billion dollars. And then the bank has a problem. What do we do with all these deposits when there's zero interest rates? So they take that money and then they put it into what they thought was the safest bet there was. U.S. Treasury backed mortgage bonds, long dated 10 year mortgage bonds and very safe, stable investment with a very low interest rate, though, because at the time. But then investors started kind of realize that maybe there was a bit of whisperings that they'd put a lot of money into these bonds. And, you know, that's a very big exposure on your balance sheet, even though they're very stable. Invest or, you know, companies start taking their money back, uh, saying, oh, we want their deposits back. And then the company, the bank, Silicon Valley Bank, is running out of cash to give back. So it has to start selling the bonds. And then this triggered the panic over the last week. Um, And of course, the bonds, you see, because interest rates have gone up, those bonds were bought when the interest rates were at zero. Now those bonds are actually devalued. So when they sell the bonds, they're worth less. Technically, on their balance sheet, they were insolvent. So within a week $40 Forty billion dollars was taken out of the bank by companies and deposit holders, and the bank was bu- bust in a number of wow. days.
0: Wow. Okay. So, so, so they, they get all of this money from tech companies uh, on the back of these, you know, massive valuations and fundraising rounds that we hear about. And we talk about Stripe, for example, last week had a hugely successful uh, uh, round of fundraising. They put their money into Silicon Valley Bank. They they lump it all into these uh, government bonds, these mortgage backed bonds, and investors then, they just get a little bit worried. And when investors get worried, it scares the horses. Is that, is yeah, that kind of what happens? It's an
1: old-fashioned run on a bank. Basically, yeah. one, one person said, well, we think we might take our money out of Silicon Valley Bank. And like, it's important to realise, even though it's high profile now, Silicon Valley Bank is not a very big bank in US terms. It's kind of a mid-market bank. Okay. A lot of people put their money into it. And then they say, oh, we're a bit worried about the bank. We might take our money out and we put it into one of the bigger banks. But then everybody started doing that and it created a run on the bank. So there's like the people queuing up 15 years ago outside Northern Rock, for it's example. exactly like that. It's exactly
0: yeah. like that, but on a much bigger scale. Yeah.
1: And and when there's a run on banks, like if, if every deposit holder in AIB or Bank of Ireland today went to take out their money, the banks wouldn't be able to pay them out the cash because they don't keep the money in cash. They invested it into different things. And that's exactly what happened to Silicon Valley Bank. And it got exposed because the investments it had made We're quite weak underlying. uh, Okay.
0: And before we come to Credit Suisse, I guess then the contagion we talk about from Silicon Valley Bank is just that other people in other banks worry that the same thing might happen to them. Again, the Northern Rock example, and I go back to it because I think it's tangible in people's minds, the idea of people queuing up outside a bank to withdraw cash makes sense to people. They see what happens at Silicon Valley Bank and they think, ooh, is my money that I put into this other bank is that safe or is the same thing going to happen?
1: It's exactly like that and it's actually even more compounded or exacerbated by the day we live in today because of technology. So... We spoke to loads of Irish tech companies that had their money in Silicon Valley Bank, and they were able to move their funds with the flick of a phone. So the, the transfer of funds out of the bank was so fast and rapid, it couldn't keep pace. And of course, other banks then are starting to worry about this. There's actually, in the last two weeks, there's been a really big shift of people taking their money out of smaller banks in the US and moving them to the big banks because they're afraid some of these other smaller banks might fail. And I guess I mean it's it's probably always the case at any given moment that
0: most banks are probably incapable of paying back everybody at once the money that's on deposit. But it's not a problem because it's so rare that everybody at once with money on deposit looks for it.
1: Correct Karen and it is it's not a problem what you've trust in the bank. Yes. And when people's trust is gone they start to try and take out the money there's the as they say, a run on the bank. And then no bank in the world could pay out the deposits if they were all asked because they don't keep them in on cash.
0: All right, this is great. Now, it's starting to make sense to me, uh, Lorcan, so I hope we don't get derailed when we cross all the way over to Switzerland. So Credit Suisse, what is the issue there?
1: Yeah, well, I suppose, as we said, this all originated in California in in the US. And after Silicon Valley collapsed, investors started looking around at other banks uh, that they were worried about. And there was other mid-market banks in the US that have been in trouble over the last week, less high profile than Silicon Valley Bank. But in Europe, this all kind of pitched up at Credit Suisse's door. And basically the epicenter of the banking nervousness in Europe is Credit Suisse. Now, there's a reason for that. Credit Suisse has been plagued by scandals over the last decade. There's been a number of um, fraud, accounting issues Um, really big scandals, and the bank has lost an awful lot of money in that time. Investors are very, very fed up with what's been going on there, and it's been under a lot of scrutiny. So when the Silicon Valley bank uh, situation emerged, investors looked at Credit Suisse and said, well, what does this mean for Credit Suisse? And what it prompted was the bank's largest shareholder, which is the Saudi National Bank, who owns about 10% of Credit Suisse at the time, said, we're not going to put any more money into this. And into this bank and other investors reacted to that by taking by selling their shares and the share price of Credit Suisse started to plunge very rapidly last week so much so that the Swiss central bank stepped in and said okay this is very worrying you know there is a difference between Credit Suisse and Silicon Valley Bank in terms of scale Credit Suisse is one of the top 25 biggest banks in Europe it's an enormous player the amount of money you're talking here is a lot more amplified than what Silicon Valley Bank and so the Swiss uh, central bank and also the European central bank would have been looking at this situation saying okay this is a very big player here that's tanking fast so the Swiss central bank stepped in said we're going to provide 50 billion euros in liquidity trying to stem the fears of the market it didn't work and then what we saw over the weekend was that ultimately the bank had to be sold because it, it, you know if it if they'd open for trading this morning on Monday pretty sure their share price would have went to zero
0: okay and the consequence of that sale has been bought by UBS. So what happens to the shareholders in Credit Suisse on foot of that sale?
1: Yeah, so UBS is the biggest bank in Switzerland. Uh, Credit Suisse is the second biggest bank, so it's the equivalent of AIB buying Bank of Ireland. So you can imagine for in Switzerland, this is a fairly big, big deal uh, that something like that has happened. These are very old banks. Uh, Credit Suisse is almost 170 years old and suddenly its biggest rival has just bought out and it was a forced deal. I mean, the Swiss Central Bank wanted this to happen. Um, what's interesting, I suppose, about the deal that was hammered out over the weekend, um, UBS paid $3.25 billion to buy the bank like even just a year ago, Credit Suisse was worth thirty-three billion. Yeah,
0: that, that sounds remarkably cheap to oh, it's, buy a bank at the
1: size of Credit Suisse. I, I think people are looking at this, saying it could be, depending on how much messiness is in there, um, it could be the deal of the century for UBS because they're buying this enormous rival with all that comes with it deposit, you know, customers, clients, and all the the good stuff. Now there's probably a lot of problems in the bank still, but it it could potentially for UBS be the deal of the century. Um, So so they bought for $3.25 billion. uh, And the way that works is um, the shareholders would have got, you know, I think they got less than a dollar uh, back on their shares that would have been worth about $10 over a year ago. So it's a big loss for them. But what's interesting, I think, and it's dominating the news headlines is that there was these so-called 81 bondholders in the bank. Uh, They held about $17 billion they were burned. And what's an AT1
0: bondholder? It's, bond it's a class of bondholders. It's a,
1: it? co- a complicated thing. So it's a, like, I mean, bondholders are, are debt, people who provide yeah. debt to, to a bank. Um, and AT1s are kind of uh, hybrid so that they were uh, an unusual risky bond uh, type okay. of in, a vehicle. But, you know, normally we've heard about, you know, burning bondholders. Burn
0: holders. the bondholders. Correct. Yes. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, the reason you don't, when any company goes into insolvency, there's a hierarchy and, the, their secure creditors and preferred yeah. creditors and the, you know it, people who have debt in the company are supposed to be paid whereas investors are normally burnt you know they lose out and what's happened here which is quite unusual is that the Swiss central bank has decided we're going to uh, not pay these 17 billion euros in bondholders uh, and we're going to actually give money back to the, these uh, investors which is a very unusual thing. It hasn't happened very often before. So, effectively, Credit Suisse had been in trouble for
0: uh, a a long time and then, I guess, when Trouble was looking for a home in the wake of Silicon Valley Bank, it settled on Credit Suisse and then uh, uh, the, the problems played out from there. The fear then is that we're not through this choppy period yet and that after Credit Suisse then, kind of, investors are looking around for what else might be shaky, is it? And then, we see the ECB stepping mm. in as well, trying to kind of calm the nerves.
1: It, that's it. Like, I mean, the, as you said at the start, the, the word contagion, like where could this go next? And, and people are, are rightfully worried about And that's what we saw over the weekend in line with the deal being announced for Credit Suisse, the European Central Bank coming out with a statement. Uh, Christine Lagarde gave a statement saying that you know everything is fine, but also the five largest central banks in the world issued a statement saying that there would be Uh, kind of liquidity for banks that if they needed to get their hands on US dollars which are always the safe haven that people go to in times of crisis that they can get them five days a week Um, and all of that is designed to try and stem this going any further personally I think it probably has you know we're not in as bad the underlying problems are not like they were in 2008 Yeah. so this doesn't have maybe the same potential to go in different directions as it did back you know over a decade ago
0: and even if there is still some fallout to it I guess that that logic that global logic applies to Ireland as much as it does to anywhere else. The underlying problems here are not what they were in 2008. No, they're
1: not. No, and like the, the bank share prices over the last week have been very volatile and you can see that because it's like it's a global banking issue and it's gone up and down. But Bank of Ireland's share price today has recovered back to where it was prior to all of this kicking off and same with the other banks. So, I mean, that tells me that markets are actually pretty confident in the underlying health of the Irish banks here. So for Irish listeners, it's... Probably not something that's going to pitch up in Ireland anytime soon.
0: And Lorcan Allen, a business editor with the Business Post. Lorcan, I'm an awful lot wiser than I was uh, 10 minutes ago, so thank you very much for that. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.